This is Center Stage, putting lawyers in the spotlight by highlighting attorneys and other industry experts to help take your law firm to the next level. Hey everyone, and welcome to Center Stage. I'm your host, John Henson. And this week, uh, a little bit kind of a different episode because it's kind of a companion uh, episode to one we did a couple of weeks ago, episode number 41, where we had uh, Brett Trembley on. And if you remember back from that episode, Brett has a company called Get Staffed Up. They uh, employ basically what's called virtual assistants. And it's basically um, exactly what it sounds like. It's a remote employee who you can just get to do whatever you need to get done if you hire them. And uh, my guest this week, attorney Scott Weevil, uh, he has some experience in working uh, with some of these virtual assistants. And I thought it would be ha- uh, great to have him on to just kind of talk about uh, his experience in working with some virtual assistants and just how he has utilized them in his practice. So uh, Scott, thank you for taking some time to be with us this week. John, say thanks so much for having me on. I'm I'm definitely happy to talk about this topic as I've actually had a fantastic experience uh, with, with the VA. In fact, from uh, get staffed up, I own a, a small but growing firm out here in California, and um, my VA was basically my first hire, and it's essentially transformed my practice as far as how how we do things and in, increased efficiently efficiency. I'd say dramatically. Yeah. And, and just before we dive in, you know, this is not like some sort of paid uh, marketing campaign from Get Staffed Up or anything. That's just kind of how it worked out. Um, you know, there are other companies out there that you can explore if this is something that you're interested in going down. But yeah, you know, we had Brett on from Get Staffed Up. Scott has worked with Get Staffed Up, uh, but no, no direct affiliation whatsoever. That's just kind of how it worked out. But, um, but yeah, so let's just kind of jump right into it. Um, when it came time to uh, bring on this virtual assistant, you know, what was, what was your initial decision-making process like? You know, I mean, like, how did you kind of realize you needed some extra help and what ended up making you choose a virtual staffer over maybe an in-house hire? For sure. I think, you know, I, I was just starting to get overwhelmed with some of the administrative aspects of the firm. And it was just seeming to me that if I could free myself up from some of that work, it would allow me to focus more on the legal work and also things like marketing. And I I was at a point where I was using sort of an answering service for my, my phone calls, um, but it, it wasn't working out that great. It definitely, I was getting feedback that it had the feel of something like a call center and they couldn't really answer questions. So it was mostly, even if, if they did take messages, I was still having to call either answer the calls from the call center, get the transfers, or I was having to call everyone back. And I know, you know, if anyone's ever answered their own phone, or if you are currently answering your own phone, it's just a huge time suck. And also not having a buffer between the attorney and the potential client or the client sort of it creates a scenario where no one really values your time and you get involved in just providing a lot of free legal advice on the phone. So that's sort of what started me down the road of hiring a VA. Um, you know, my first step actually in this process was hiring um, the reception service, but it just didn't work out. In fact, I have a, a friend in sales who called my office and he tried to get me. And then after he tried to get me, the the answering service wouldn't let him through. Essentially, um, he texted me. He was like, "This is this is just not working out. I I would hate to know what your clients think about this. I think you actually need a real person um, who's designated for you answering your phones." And I think that truly ended up being the case, especially as we were moving. Um, 
with more higher value and clients that contacted us pretty regularly. I think it made sense to have one person answering the phone. They definitely weren't fooled that I had, you know, 20, 20 different receptionists with different names answering every time. And, you know, n- none of them um, had any history as far as past conversations or anything like that. So I would say initially for me, you know, I, it was some other administrative tasks like help with engagement letters and things like that. But reception was definitely the number one task. Um, and I'll say that we're not a firm that gets a ton of calls, but I was just still finding that incredible incredibly burdensome. Um, and I think as far as hiring someone virtually, you know, we're, we were in the midst of COVID. Um, I was mainly working virtually. So f- for me, it wasn't a real factor as far as going virtual. And I had heard, you know, talk to other attorneys, heard the positive things that um, basically they didn't see too many adverse um, effects for going with someone virtual. And that's certainly been my experience. So that, that really was a natural choice for me. Yeah. And, and you, you talked about, you know, how you were kind of answering your own phones and it just made me think, you know, I just like, I mean, how, how distracting is it? You know, you're, you're trying to concentrate, you're, you're, you know, you're working on a case, but then you've got to go away from that answer the phone every time it rings. And it, you know, it, it can, it, like I said, it could be distracting. It could all of a sudden now you've got to take extra time to get back into that headspace and, and you're rather than being pulled away. So um, yeah, just a, a great need for a great job for a virtual staffer to do. And it, and it helps because you can, you know, even though they're not in the office with you, you have the opportunity to train them. Right. And, and you can, you know, get them familiar with the lingo that you're using in your firm, the terminology, uh, you know, versus, you know, kind of that disadvantage over maybe a larger, you know, staff or not a staffing company, but a reception service where, you know, you can give them, you know, some notes, but you don't really get that one-on-one training with them to really make it seem like they're actually part of your firm. I think that's a big part of it is I essentially described to friends and colleagues who had asked about the reception service that it's almost like a computer program. They will do exactly what you tell them to do but basically utilize no discretion. So I'm sure if you were much better and much more considered about the directions that you gave them and constantly updated those directions based on new scenarios, it may work out better than it worked out for me. But I think a lot of times you want to, you know, you, you want to give your your reception 80% of the picture and hope that that last 20%, you know, whatever I'm making up the percentages, but right. they can use their own um, based on what they've seen in your practice before they can use their own judgment about how to handle things. And that's, that's definitely the case. I know um, training my staffer was fairly easy. We just went through what I did and sort of did it together was the way we started. And I know to your point, you can certainly dial things in. Like my staffer had previously worked for another firm and they like to be hyper formal. So everyone was called sir and madam and that sort of thing. And we definitely have what I call, or what I tell her is our California business casual. And so that was one of the things that I quickly, you know, told her, I was like, Hey, you know, our clients, I I don't think they expect to hear this. And they're, that's just not the kind of culture that we have. So that's one way that we've sort of We've had to tone down her level of formality and and that's not a knock on her. That was the expectation just where she had worked previously. Yeah. So you talked about, you delegated some reception work. You mentioned engagement letters. What other sorts of work have you taken off of your plate and placed over with that virtual uh, staffer? 
Sure. And I'm going to look at my notes here because I actually had my staffer sort of write out a list of what she does. And I think it, it was sort of interesting that through the process, you know, we did try to train and get that reception function down. And then each time we implemented a new task, I would typically give her, you know, a, a while to get that down before we added something else on. But just going through and seeing what she does, it's basically amazing. And I can't believe after transitioning it over to her that I was doing all this stuff, you know, before before she started. So my list is essentially she does all reception duties. You know, the, the first clear um, priority that I had when I made the hire, you know, she answers the phone, returns missed calls and books appointments. Um, she checks in with previous clients by phone and email, sort of part of a marketing outreach effort. Um, she responds to email and phone leads. We get most of our leads by email. So a big part of her job is responding to leads sort of with our email lead templates. Um, she follows, follows up with leads, monitors leads in our CRM, um, does a lot of calendar invites for meetings. Reminds me about daily appointments and tasks, and these can be things that are on my calendar or aren't, but you know that I definitely want her to um, definitely want her to remind me of. She prepares client agreements and sends them out to clients um, through our e-sign software. For com complex um, engagement letters, I'll certainly take a look, but it even helps for her to pre-populate them. For the sort of standard flat fee agreements and invoices, she just sends those out without my input at this point. Um, she assists with monthly billing using our practice management software. Um, she does, she refreshes retainers. She does some time entry for our contract attorneys and also enters in client expenses. Um, goes in our system, closes completed matters um, and sends closing emails to clients. She saves engagement letters, closing letters, invoices to our system. She has access to my email inbox. So like if clients send me documents, I'll typically either she'll monitor it and save those documents on our system on her own. So when I go to review something, it's, it's there um, or I'll, I'll give her a heads up about that. Um, she also helps with our marketing email. We, we use an online platform and typically what I'll do is I'll I or I have a, a content person will do the content for the most part, but she'll actually input it. Um, so the formatting looks nice. And, you know, if you've ever done that yourself, the formatting issue tends to be the main the main time suck on that. Um, similarly, she does some graphic design. I think we, we use Canva. I think a lot of folks do just a yeah. relatively rudimentary program. But she does that. Um, she monitors my LinkedIn account. So if I'm getting messages or people message me, things like that, she also does postings to LinkedIn. Um, and like I said, she works She works in my inbox some. Um, she definitely attends vendor trainings and things like that. So if we're you know getting a new product, like I had Clio Manage was my, um, my practice management software when we started. We recently added Clio Grow. Basically, I told her, hey, this is going to be yours to run with. Like I, I knew how Manage worked because I was using it. But when we started with Clio Grow, I was like, hey, you're going to have to teach me how this works. I mean, certainly I like to drop in on the trainings because some of the features I am interested in as far as our lead pipeline and things like that maybe aren't quite as important to her. But um, she she sort of leads with that. Um, trying to think other things she I have had a research potential referral sources for us so I'll give her you know a task and I'll say hey go out and find these folks in Sacramento and potentially set up appointments for me to meet with them things like that um, she tracks our referral relationships sort of through glow grow as far as who's you know who's referring as clients are we saying thank you things like that um, 
And she handles like when we do need to meet someone in a virtual office space somewhere or something like that, she handles those bookings. So she does a lot. I'm sure she does even more than that, but that shows you just how far she's gone beyond, I think, the initial reception function. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I mean, you know, I I wouldn't have thought of, you know, that many things, especially, you know, because that's a pretty wide skill set, um, you know, for one person. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's just really incredible. Um, you know, I... I don't know how much experience you have in, in managing, you know, employees, but what, what has your experience been like in managing, you know, a virtual uh, staffer versus having someone in house? For sure. You know, I have, when I worked for firms in the past, we for sure had, you know, in-person secretaries, legal assistants, depending on where you worked with what they were called. But um, obviously you don't have that moment to moment in-person interaction. Um, so it is, I think it's definitely important to over-communicate with your assistant and consider using forms of communication that most similarly mimic that in person. So, you know, for example, um, we try to have a meeting every morning at 8.15 via Zoom just so we can see each other. And we both typically start around eight. So that sort of gives us 15 minutes to, to see what came in overnight or what, what's undone from the day before and then discuss it at 8.15. And then generally throughout the day, we'll either have uh, Zooms. We certainly do tons of screen sharing. Um, and, and in fact, that was our main form of training was just doing screen shares. But during the day now, we communicate a lot through a chat chat app um, and then also phone if it's something, you know, something more in detail. Um, I think, you know, all of that makes things pretty seamless. In all honesty, the only downsides I see are just, you know, things you basically can't eliminate virtually. Like if I need to send something at the post office, unfortunately, that's just not going to be um, up, her, up her alley. Same thing if, if the printer's acting up and I need to figure out what's going on with the printer, you know, she's not here. So that's on me. But uh, honestly, that stuff in my practice doesn't come up that much. Um, so really haven't had any issues with the virtual aspect. And I, I should add that most of my clients are also virtual just mm. by the way it's worked out. They, they're busy. They don't have time to meet me in person and I, I'm okay with that. So I don't really need someone sitting at the at a desk to greet them as they come in the door. Yeah. So I, you know, kind of the last thing that I want to know then is, you know, what, what benefits have you seen? I, you know, you've kind of touched on a couple of things so far, but I mean, what are some of the big benefits that you've seen since you've hired, hired on a virtual staffer? Sure. I think coming from being a true solo with an answering service, it's it's just been amazing. I mean, the we went through that laundry list of the things that she does, and that's all great. But honestly, the reception of phone, the reception service alone, that makes it worth it. It's just very, very tough to set boundaries when you're the one that answers every single phone call. Um, or calls every person back as far as booking appointments and things like that, that becomes a struggle because you're already on the phone. Why not talk to them now? Um, sort of all that kind of stuff. So that, that's been tremendous. Um, but beyond that, it's just taken a bunch of things off you know, off my plate, you know, sort of like I mentioned, I still review the more complex engagement letters, but, you know, she's got them 90% done by the time I look at them. So in a day that we sign up four or five clients, instead of that becoming 
a two or three, you know, hour activity because it takes longer than you think. You got to put the engagement letters in. You got to use your software to send them out. Then you got to enter them in your practice management. Then you have to send the invoice. I mean, it just all takes time. And so having her do that has been incredible. Um, it definitely has forced me to think more about our processes. I, I certainly, you know, it's a small operation still, and I still have more work on that. Um, but I think it's just been great to take that off my plate. And I think also having a second um, person that's essentially monitoring leads and what's coming in and out also helps us not have things drop through the cracks, which I think is great for servicing our clients. You know, if I, I send an email to a client about something and I don't hear back in a couple in whatever the time anticipated time period, if it's a couple of days or a couple of weeks, she'll say, hey, what, what about client so-and-so? You want to check in with them and things like that. And we're starting to automate that more and more, but it's just really freed me up to focus number one on the legal work and two, you know, all marketing and other things like that that help drive the business forward. Yeah. And, and I mean, some of the other things, because, um, you know, we we have a virtual staffer that works with us. And so, you know, uh, she kind of acts as as a helper to me. She does a lot of the video editing. Well, she does all of the video editing and, and a lot of the cool stuff that we've done on center stage and some other stuff that we've done on social media. And I'm thinking about just some of the benefits that we've had, you know, just in terms of the time that it creates. And I know, you know, especially for, for true solos like you and, and some, and, and small firm owners, you know, a lot of times you guys end up using up a lot of billable hours doing things that aren't legal work. And now that you've got that off your plate, you have more opportunity, you have more billable hours available to keep working on, on legal stuff. And, it, and, and on the sort of the, the administrative side of things, it's a lot more cost effective for a business owner because, I mean, all of the tasks that you describe, I mean, trying to bring someone in, especially in California, you know, I've never been to California. I'm over on the East Coast, so I have this East Coast bias, but, it, it, you know, everything I've heard about California is that it's just so expensive out there. So you're probably looking maybe at a $50,000, $60,000 position for an in-house person with, with trying to manage all those tasks. And so you have all of those extra benefits as well. Absolutely. And I think for sure, um, at, at the price point that a lot of services, including Get Staffed Up, offer, again, not an advertisement for them, but you get someone also for that uh, that level of compensation that's extremely motivated. You know, it's not someone, I mean, they are literally phoning it in, but not, not in the way that that phrase is commonly used. I think uh, yeah. my staffer is just super motivated. She's, she's a great help and it does free up time. And like I said, you know, in addition to the legal work, one of my considerations was that it's, it also frees up time for that marketing, getting on LinkedIn, working on, you know, whoever does your blogging, if it's you or if you have a contractor, getting some of that stuff done. So that was one of the things that um, someone opened my eyes about early on in considering this was that it's not just a one-to-one -one legal work thing. It can also yeah. free you up for other activities as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been uh, really insightful, a lot of good uh, information, a lot of good stuff to think about. Uh, if you're out there listening, hopefully you got a little better picture, um, especially from what uh, Mark and Brett talked about on their episode. You got some firsthand experience here. Uh, so Scott, uh, before we wrap up here, I have one final question for you. And that is, if you could give one piece of advice to our lawyers out there, what would it be? Sure. I mean, I'm certainly small and and relatively newish in running my own firm, so I don't want to presume to give um, some of your super successful listeners advice out there. But I'll say 
for anybody in my shoes, you know, is sort of falling onto what we've discussed today. This is a really like if you're thinking about making that first hire, this is a really low commitment way to do it. And I think, you know, I'm now hiring for an associate position. And I think it's due to this experience that I've realized it's not something you need to be, you know, in, in fear of and just what a great benefit it can be to help you. And I think, you know, once you know you need to hire, you're actually probably way past that point. So if you're on the fence about a VA, I think it's time to pull the trigger. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think um, one of the things that I've seen a lot lately is that that biggest hesitation is still that fear of the unknown. And so just doing what you can to, you know, like get some insight to do some educating and just learn about what your options are uh, and just how many more opportunities it can open up for you if you just just make the move and, and get started. So uh, really good stuff there. I uh, really appreciate you taking some time to talk with us this week. That is going to do it for us uh, here on Center Stage. Uh, thank you for all of the feedback that we can continue to get, continue to rate, review us on Apple Podcasts, uh, on YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you're consuming the show. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Scott, uh, thank you for joining us this week. Thanks so much for having me. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. To learn more, go to spotlightbranding.com slash center stage.